Good morning, children of God. Good morning, pastors, prophets, preachers, all of God's children, the church. Good morning. I'm back with part two of the series of God is holding us all accountable. As I receive feedback from various people about the podcast, my heart is heavy and I'm troubled about the various questions that I'm being asked. And what I'm hearing the most that has troubled me the most concerning the church. The entire podcast started off with the downfall of the church. Where's the church today? What are people seeing regarding the church? How do people feel about the church? And the thing that I'm hearing is, I'm tired. That's what people are saying. Young and old. I am tired of the church. I'm just tired. And they're begging Jesus. They're begging pastors. Please. Help us. I'm tired of being phony. I'm tired of going to phony churches. I'm tired of listening to phony pastors and phony prophets out to make a profit. Where is the real church? That's what they're asking. And that's what I'm putting out here this morning. I'm saying, hey guys, hey pastors, hey prophets preachers where is the real church help I'm screaming loud help people are looking for the real church but they're getting tired and what they're saying is I don't even know anymore if I even want to be a part of the church. I'm about to give up. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? I pastored a church for 13 years. I don't feel good about what I'm hearing. I don't feel good when I hear the young generation say, I'm about to give up. I don't want it anymore. We have the answers. God has given to us his words. A whole 66 books. 66 books of his word. Old and New Testament. And we have gotten so caught up in ourselves. That we cannot stand tall on our feet. 
and speak clearly the plain, simple truth of God's word without using trickery, without entertaining, without shenanigans. People are not coming to church for a show. They are not coming to church to see you get on with your stuff. We've got to get in a hurry. They are tired. Actually, I'm tired of seeing preachers, seeing women of God, men of God, shaking and quaking, snorting and crying, and making other people shake and quake, snorting and crying. Snotting and crying. People have had their feel of that. That's not working anymore. Tell yourself. Say, self. Making people shake and quake. And snot and cry is not working anymore. It is no longer working. That's not the new, that's not the game. People no longer want that game anymore. That game has played itself out. The Bible says this. Be ye therefore ready also. For the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. That's the word of God. That's what we should be telling them. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Let me help you to get ready. God has given me the tools. He has given me 66 books to help you, to help all of us to get ready. For the Son of Man, for real, is coming. But he's coming at a time that we know not of. We don't know when he's going to come. Young children, get ready. Young boys and girls, get ready. Old people, get ready. People with money, get ready. People without money, get ready. And I'm here to help you to do that. My people are destroyed. I don't even like to hear that that word. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's God speaking. My people are destroyed. The people that I died for are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. The people perish because the pure word of God is no longer being preached. Why? Because we are performing. We are entertaining. We have too many shenanigans. We are too shilly-shally. Hence, the people perish. 
Because the pure word of God is no longer being preached. Pastors feel compelled, prophets feel compelled to use great swelling words instead of preaching the simple, plain, unadulterated word of God. God says, I'm God. If I wanted my word to swell, I would have done that. I'm God. I don't need you to add or take from my word. You are not that awesome. You are not that great. I don't need you to do that. I simply need you to open up your mouth and feed my people. I simply need you to open up your mouth with the word that I placed, say God, that I placed on the inside of you. And feed my lamb with my pure word. My people are getting sick and tired of you. My people are being destroyed because you won't just give them the simple word of God. I'm going to step back a minute and I'm going to do some repeating today. Be ye therefore ready also that ye is all of us, all of us, get ready for the Son of Man cometh. You don't know when. You're carrying this thing like you got plenty of time. Young people, you're playing around like you got plenty of time. And we let you. We let you play around. We bring you into the house of God and let you play around. Hallelujah, Jesus. So hence, the people are being destroyed. Hence, the people are crying out, saying, where is the real church? Where is the real church of God? Where are the real men and women of God? Where are the Sunday school teachers? Where are the real psalmists? Where are the real musicians? The people are having to sit under preachers, preaching their personal feelings, their personal likes and dislikes, their personal anger, venting their personal anger because your meager tides are not enough to send them on a gospel Bahamas cruise. That's what you're mad about. I'm mad because the tides are not right. I'm mad because the tides are too small. I'm mad because the tides are not needing my personal needs. Your meager tides, your little might, is not enough to send me and my family on a cruise. That infamous gospel Bahamas cruise. We call it a gospel cruise, but is it? And how do you feel good? Hey, God, I'm feeling something here this morning. How do you feel good about yourself? 
when you have taken the folks' hard-unearned money, that meager might from that widow, how, how do you feel knowing that that mother of the church that's on a fixed income saved her pennies, put them in a jar, put them in a can, put them in a handkerchief, because I want to be able to bless pastor to take a trip because pastor works so hard and I want to send pastor his wife and his children and his mother-in-law and his grandmother you better help me in here today on a gospel Bahamas trip come on come on you knew that she was putting her money in the jar you knew that she was pinching pennies You knew that she was taking that money out of her social security check. You knew it, but you didn't care. You still needed your cruise. Did you say, I'm going to send the mothers this year on a cruise? No, you didn't. Did you say, I'm going to send the ushers on a cruise? No, you didn't. Did you say, I'm going to send that person that tote and fetch for me? Every Sunday, every trip that I make, I'm going to send them those armor bearers. I'm going to send them on a cruise. Did you say that? No, you didn't. But while you lay back in the sun and play around in blue water, they are still struggling back at home. The prayer team is still praying so that you don't get swallowed up in a hurricane as you lay out on a cruise. That's what the people are looking at. That's what the young people are looking at. And they are saying, where's the real church? (laughs) Where's the pastor? Well, pastor's cruising. And not only that, when pastors stop cruising, pastors are going to shut the church down for a whole 30 days because pastors still need some more rest. I'm talking to women pastors. I'm talking to men pastors. I'm talking to young pastors. I'm talking to old pastors. I'm talking about the church. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. Lift up your holy hands this morning as you listen to me and give God some praise. And listen, listen, if the shoe fits you, I'm begging you, wiggle your foot around in that thing until until you squeeze it in there and make it fit. Tell your own self, this is my shoe. She is talking about me. She's talking about my church. She's talking about my life as a pastor. She's talking about my actions as a prophet. She's talking to me. Preacher. Charismatic, over-the-top preacher. Trying your best to mimic somebody else. The church is sliding downhill. Sliding downhill. Hallelujah. 
Did that shoe fit you? Have you wiggled your foot around in it yet? Then stand up in that thing. You know how you used to do when, when you had a new pair of shoes on? And your mother said, and you knew it wouldn't quite fit you, but your mother said, stand up and wiggle your foot down in it. What I'm beseeching you today, wiggle your foot down in it. Hear this word and tell yourself, that's me. That's my house. That's my church. That's me. On a real personal level, that's me. Admit it. Repent. And then go and sin no more. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people perish because the pure word of God is no longer being preached. Destroyed, perish, destroyed, perish, lack of knowledge. Destroyed, perish, lack of knowledge. How does that make you feel? How does it make you feel, pastor? My people, my people, my people. God is okay with you saying my people. He gave you people. But say say it until you really feel it. My people. God gave these people to me. God gave these little sheep. God gave these lambs, these little lambs to me. These are my people. I can't continue to take their money. I can't continue to change God's word around and preach my likes and my dislikes. I can't continue to fool the people with my enticing, fancy words that mean absolutely nothing. I can't continue to fool them and trick them about tithes. I'm not getting enough tithes. Not enough to pay tuition for my children's education. Not enough to get me a new car. And the list goes on and on. And and let me just step back just a minute. Why is the church having to pay your child's tuition? You know you got mothers here living on a budget who can barely send their own kids to school who barely have money to clothe and feed their children, and you have the unmitigated gall to say you want some help to pay your children's tuition, to help them with their education, slap your own self upside the head, and then slap yourself from face. You'll slap your own face from side to side. And drop down on your knees on a hard floor and tell God I'm sorry. You get a new car every two years. The people get that for you. God is saying, I'm holding you accountable. 
in case I didn't say it earlier, this is part two of the last series you heard. God is holding us all accountable. He's holding the children of God, the lamb, the sheep, the pastors, the prophets, the preachers, the teachers, the evangelists. He's holding all of us accountable. Who suffers when we mess up like this? Who suffers when the, when the people say to us, where is the real church? I'm tired of going from church to church looking for the real church. Some of them don't even really know what the real church should look like. All they really know is that I don't like what I'm seeing. What I have now, I don't like. What I'm in the midst of right now, I don't like. So that's why I'm looking for something else. I guess maybe instead of them saying the real church is they really don't know what the real church should even look like, they should say, I'm looking for something different. This thing that I'm in right now is about to make me vomit. I'm not learning anything here. I'm not growing. I still feel like I'm a midget here. I might as well go to the club because when I'm in the church, I feel like, mm, ah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm sitting in the club. In fact, sometimes the lights are going off and on, off and on, almost like the old time strobe lights. How many of you remember those strobe lights? They feel like they're in the club. Old people squirming in the church because they feel like I'm in the club. My flesh is crawling. My flesh is crying out. I don't like the feel of this. Hallelujah, Jesus. You look like you're in the club. You're dancing like you're in the club. It doesn't look like a holy dance. It doesn't feel like a holy dance. This dancing right here that I'm looking at got my flesh reacting a certain kind of way that I remember from before I got saved. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. I'm 70 years old. I'm 60 years old. I'm 50 years old. Why is my, my flesh in an uproar? Why is my flesh tingling like this? In the house of God. Or is it the house of God? Because I remember this right here. Years ago. In the nightclub. I remember this feeling years ago. In the lounge. At the pussycat lounge. Why am I feeling like this? In the church house. Help us, God. And sometimes you see the older people just put their heads down. They don't want to shame the pastor and walk out of the church because they have too much respect for the church and too much respect for pastor. 
So I don't want to, I'm just going to put my head down and pray. I'm just going to say, God, don't strike us all dead today. Will you save us for the sake of the 25 that's in here? Or will you save us for the 10 mothers of the church? Will you save us for the little bitty babies that's back there in the daycare? That part that we added on, that we could not afford. But we all sold dinners to try to get that added on because that's what Pastor wanted. Will you save us? Will you not strike us down dead for the sake of the little babies? Where's the church? Where is the church? Hallelujah. The Bible says the people are perishing. Who are the people? You are. We all are the people. We're perishing because we are lacking the sincere, pure word of God. The Bible said we perish because of lack of knowledge. They're destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. Knowledge equals the word of God. The word of God equals knowledge. How about the people are saying, I need to know something. I don't want to sit there and hear you talk about you for an hour. I don't want to hear the same testimony every Sunday for an hour all about you. It's not an overcoming testimony. Lack of knowledge. Which means lack of the word. Let me say it to you again. Knowledge equals the word of God. The word of God equals knowledge. So without knowledge, we wither and die. That's what has happened. The the downfall of the church, the reason the church has has slid downhill, No knowledge. We're rolling and rolling and rolling. And we're almost at the bottom of the hill. Because we're constantly in a perpetual slide. We're like the house that Jack built. The house that Jack built. Wrap your mind around seeing the church rolling and tumbling over and over on its head on a downslide. Who's going to catch us before we hit the bottom? Who's going to catch us and stand us back on our feet before we hit rock bottom? Because right now, pastors, right now, prophets, we are like the house 
that Jack built. We're dying. We're dry. It's like living in a waste howling desert. It's like living in a place of famine. We're in a famine. No bread. No water. No moisture. That's the church. How do you think God feels about that? His church. Upon this rock, I build my church. And the gates of hell should not prevail against it. He's got a remnant. He's got a storyteller. <laughs> hey, God. He's got a storyteller. I'm not the only storyteller. He's got a storyteller in third world countries. He got storytellers planted all over, strategically, strategically placed all over this world. He's got storytellers who are not afraid to tell the story about the downfall of the church. He's got some storytellers who's not worried about whether you like it or don't like it. He's got some storytellers who says, I don't have to worry about whether or not people are going to stay at my church or leave my church. I'm going to take you out of the church and give you a bird's eye view of what, I, of what I'm looking at or what I see. I'm going to let the people really talk to you and, and tell their hearts about how they feel about the church. I'm, I'm going to put you in a place where you're not going to be concerned about tithes and offerings. Liking and disliking. You didn't promote me, but you promoted her. God said, I'm going to free some people from all that trivial. From all of that folderol. All of that nonsense. All of those unimportant matters. Called church matters. I've got some people that will tell the story. So today, most churches are no longer providing the nourishment that people need in order to live. Hence, we're perishing, dying on the vine. My question to you is, who's to blame? Who is God going to hold accountable for this mess? We're going to take some time now and give God some praise. Father, we just love you and we just magnify you. God, we thank you for correction. Because your correction equals love. We thank you for your rebuke. For reproving us. Because it all spells one thing. L-O-V-E. You said in your word that you were coming back. For a church. 
without spot or wrinkle, without any blemishes. You said that you were going to get your bride, and we're the bride. You said you were going to get your bride ready because you promised us that you would be coming back. So I'm not going to tell you when. No man knows the day nor the hour. But I'm getting you ready. So God, right now, I thank you for the preparation. I thank you for still loving us that much to show us our wrongdoings. So God, as I sign off, let me just thank you for choosing me to be the storyteller. I'll tell the story. I promise you that I will tell the story. So God, wrap your loving arms around your people. Those people that are saying, that are crying out, where's the real church? I'm looking for the church. I'm tired of going from place to place, not knowing, not feeling what I'm supposed to feel, not seeing what I'm supposed to see. So here we are, God. We're saying thank you for the reminder. We love you. I love you. For I am the storyteller. Stay tuned for the next episode. God bless you real good.